Okay, so what number is this now? I think this is 29. We've just had a debate about what number it is. I'm not completely sure. Pete's not sure. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's lovely to have Pete back. He was away last week, which to be honest, I was quite daunted about when Pete said he was going to be away. I was very much like, oh man, you know, like Pete's my anchor. Do you know what I mean? Uh, to keeping me on track and someone to bounce off and... You know, I, I had this mad idea a while ago about having having Deg on. And although I really did miss you last week, Pete, and Deg was actually a bit gutted you, you weren't on because he did want to talk to you too. Um, he gave he gave me a chance to sort of try that out. So, you know, did you have a chance? Well, first of all, how are you doing, mate? Doing well, man. Doing well. Uh, yeah, I was hoping that you were going to have a much more difficult time without me. I wanted to see you, you know, sweat a little bit, but boy, you made it seem so simple with Dag. I was a little jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we both know that that's not true in terms of the edit because, you know, it was one thing, sort of content, you know what I mean? I don't really struggle yeah. um, thinking of the content, although I did feel a bit like, oh, you know what I mean? How's this going to go? But me and Deg have been talking on a level since we were 18. So <laughs> the conversation was always going to be natural. But for me, I was like, oh, I've got to edit it myself on no, Do you know what I mean? And so I was really daunted by that. Um, but I don't, I don't <laughs> think too many people noticed really. So I, I was proud of myself. But come on, when you say I made it look easy, you got those messages from me where I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> how how do you do this? You told me this would take two and a half hours. I've been sat here for five. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> But yeah, man, did you, uh, have you had a chance to listen to it? Are you kidding me? I couldn't wait to listen to it. And I spit, I literally spit my coffee out. I was, I was, uh, I was in Mississippi on, you know, family business and, uh, I was bored out of my mind early in the morning and I got a cup of coffee and I was like, Oh, I can't wait to hear this. And I was listening to it. And then all of a sudden he started saying, uh, talking about when you worked at that coat, at that place. And he was like, you were a shite. <laughs> I about spit my coffee out. It was pretty funny. Yeah. He was, he was hilarious. Oh God. Yeah, man. There were tons of spit your coffee out moments on that one. Um, I could it just was, see you it, hiding behind the coat rack, the, yeah. <laughs> not working. It, that was just like, I had such a visual. I was like, oh, Adam, too much. But was there a little bit of you that thought, oh, is this going to be bad? Do you know what I mean? Because I, because, <laughs> because, you know, because you didn't have a hope to do with it and I edited it myself. Well, I was just wondering if the levels were going to be off, like technically, but actually it sounded pretty good. But boy, the, the conversation was awesome. I mean, listening to the, the stories of living and I had this visual. Yeah, it, it, I love having context, right? So he's talking about the fact that you were touring in the States and he's living in your apartment. <laughs> and I was like, ah, so when I saw you in concert, Deg was chilling out in your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man pretty much that's exactly what it was but we really enjoyed it um deg loved it although he's still a little bit like i don't know he, I, he still cringes a bit when i talk about it to him but people love it man do you know what oh, i mean yeah. people and the flies i was laughing oh. the whole time but then it was yeah it was really fun but yeah <laughs> well the, the thing was as well you'll have to remind me and i'm not going to spoil it now um i'll save it for the next part of the deg one but I never, we never actually told that entire story. We kind of got carried away with other, with other things and we never actually told the full story of the flies. So that's one oh, you okay. need to remind me of on the next one. Um, we have to get Deg talking about that because there's definitely going to be more Deg episodes without a doubt, man. Yeah. Definitely. I missed a whole bunch while I was gone. I, I saw this picture. I didn't even know you guys were doing that, but there, I saw this picture on Twitter of you and the rest of the guys from the music watching uh, old videos. I was like, oh, that looks amazing. So what was that about? Oh, man, that, that was just a absolute, that was a joy, man. Absolutely amazing. 
So, you know, what it was basically was when we went to record at Jacob's, the first album, Jenny gave Phil a camcorder, basically, and just said, you know, whenever you're bored, just film stuff. Mm. And uh, also Jenny came down as well and spent, obviously, people know, spent a lot of time with us on tour and things in, in Japan um, a couple of times. And she did some filming there as well. Now, effectively, these tapes sort of went into wherever they went and ended up in the loft and forgotten about. And I don't think either of them sort of knew they had them and none of us were sort of sat there going you know whatever happened to the, yeah. the tapes and the footage or anything like that so it was probably part of all all this really all the swell of us reconnecting in the reunion show that jenny went looking for you know all kinds of things that they had in the loft in a similar way that i did and she came out with a load of videotapes and went through a lot of them which she said there was hours and hours of nothing just random shit that had nothing to do with anything but then she found one and it was i mean i can't i think we i think we ended up watching well to be honest i mean there's lots of it really there was about an hour to an hour and a half of footage from sort of actually at jacobs and then there was a load of other stuff which we didn't actually watch all the way through but it was full gigs sort of professionally shot um in japan sort of the the earlier ones and the sorts in the smaller rooms not so much the um you know the two and a half three thousand tokens Zep rooms it it looked I mean certainly from the footage anyway and from what I remember they were smaller rooms and okay. that but yeah absolutely amazing footage and great sound as well but again there's footage from us messing around in Japan and, and and wasting time and of some of which I actually put out on Twitter didn't I the um the one of I think it was where I effectively rode that trolley into Graham's leg and uh, to much hilarity of all of us but yeah I put a little snippet of it so yeah, basically what we did was we all gathered round uh, Phil and Jenny's house to watch um, to watch that footage. That's where that picture came from. And as I say, it was you know it was absolutely brilliant. I've never I haven't laughed that much in in years. And and how does one uh, get their hands on said footage? <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, it's, I suppose it's a little bit teasing, sort of talking about it, really, because people will be like, "Well, I, I, I want to see it," but yeah. um, I mean, there's the and that's the interesting thing, I think, is that us four, we were just in hysterics. And it was funny. It was interesting because some of us remembered things happening and then some of us didn't remember any of it. And it just seemed alien. It were weird, but we all just were in hysterics, really. Um, and it's one of those things where like you, you you think now if someone outside of our circle yeah watch this would they find it funny or would they just think what the what the fuck is going on here because some of it right some of it is proper far out now you know i'm not going to go well i suppose how much detail can i go into really but there's all kinds of stuff now the, the main bulk of it is from jacobs as i say and it's obviously now once we've recorded you know once we've sort of got a track up usually what you do is you know we'd all get in a room and play it and you'd be predominantly recording the drums and bass get all the drums and bass up and stuff and then you maybe do a little bit more bass work if you're over dubbing out but then it's kind of very much on to me layering up guitars and stuff like that so at that point in time th there's a lot of free time for everyone do you know what yeah. i mean i mean yeah. you know there's always free time for people because then it's going to be rob's turn to start sort of layering up vocals so rob will be gone for ages and then i'll be part of the madness which ensues but <laughs> i mean the whole point of that video is killing time 
down in that studio, which was, it was an absolute pleasure to be honest. And you might say, well, why are you doing that? And we turned around and said, well, there was no else to do, but it was such a beautiful place. And like me and Jim were reminiscing about it, it was just like the perfect summer down there. So there is footage, as I say, of us out sort of on the bikes and shoes on some rollerblades, go, oh, trying nice. to go up hills. Oh man, it's, I mean, as much as, as much as sort of making us laugh, it was just, just nuts really to have that much of a, almost like um like a portal back in time effectively yeah. because and especially like with my how my memory works i mean don't get me wrong it's not like every single second of life is in there but certainly if i get any kind of any kind of visual or any sort of senses key back to a moment i can remember it and then i don't know it sort of puts you back in like the mindset you were in i think and as much as anything it, like in pictures sure you know you see a face fair yeah. enough and stuff but when you've got footage and you're talking not i mean i didn't really talk much in the videos because i'm i'm off and again that's the funny thing pete is the funny thing is all the while this madness is going on that they're recording there's my throbbing guitar in the background just pulsing <laughs> away like long road and you can hear it sometimes and they're in the room next to it and then they're in the room above it and they're oh. having to talk above it because i'm just sat there obviously Killing playing it. long road obviously recording that and there's all this madness going on um but yeah, there's a, an absolutely hilarious... Well, I say, I mean, the entire thing's hilarious. And I, I think the take-home... Well, I, you know, I got I got slightly off the point there. I think the point was it was fascinating to go back in time effectively and get a window into how we all were and what we were like as a group. Yeah. Because there's quite a lot of conversation on there, but it was hilarious because... There were times when Rob just turned around, I mean, sort of now watching it, Rob was just turning around going, what the, what, what are we talking about? I've been stood there talking for three or four minutes, cameras panning between us, got no idea what we're talking about. And it, it, was, it was weird actually, because I think like, I just looked really serious me. And that I, I kind of took me back, do you know what I mean? And yeah. made me think, oh yeah, do you know what I mean? I did. I did kind of used to be that serious sort of, I don't know, was this not fun really? I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to get into that too Driven much. Focus maybe? Yeah, well, certainly that, yeah. Maybe, definitely that, yeah. But I, I, you, you could tell I was never relaxed really. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. But, you know, that that could play into the same point really, driven focus. I mean, we were, we were all driven and focused, don't get me wrong, but certainly it was just absolutely amazing to see. Like most of it is Rob and Stu and what they're doing is like, they're doing like improv comedy sketches oh i don't you know even more far-reaching than comedy some of yeah. it sort of like it just i mean again i don't know if it's just going to be appreciated by us but i was yeah. literally sat there like in absolute hysterics thinking this is genuinely funny this i mean it's not you know what i mean it's this could be a comedy sketch and there were there was a bit where rob was giving a tour around the studio oh man that sounds cool and Obviously, the joke was that Stu was effectively hiding in all the cupboards and behind all the windows. But it was just for for a, a couple of for a few lads just messing about. They actually put a really cool video together in this how they edited it as uh, well, and it was it was funny as all. And um, the commitment to the characters was absolutely awe inspiring because some of these scenes were like 10, 15 minutes long. And wow. You know what I mean? They're sort of staying in these characters, and it. Uh, I thought it really interesting because I, you know, I don't think Stu remembered that he'd done it, and I don't <laughs> think it's something that Stu would consider doing now. But yeah. looking back, yeah. how naturally he would just effectively play in this character. And there's a bit where they're playing out a date, basically, and Rob is hilariously dressed as a woman, and oh it's 
it's really bit, it's honestly it's really funny um but yeah it honestly absolutely priceless and the this date sort of plays out and you know there's no, there's no scripts they're both just making it up but absolutely hilarious and then all of a sudden there's a big mirror above him and jim abbas's face just appears in this mirror <laughs> where he's walked out of the studio to obviously get a brew or something yeah, and sort of yeah. seeing Phil with camcorder and going, what's going on in here? And looked in, and there's Rob and Stu having like <laughs> playing out this formal day in character. Oh my! And then oh, there's this bit where um, <laughs> we've piled all the mattresses down this staircase, oh, yeah, and we're yeah, just yeah. taking it in turns to dive off the top of this staircase. And again. People might be sat here thinking, just sounds stupid, mate. But honestly, like to watch it back and to remember how fun that was. And I know that I say that I look at me then and think, bloody hell, you're taking things seriously, aren't you? But <laughs> stuff like, you know, fun was never lost on me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, oh, man. When I was in high school, uh, I nobody did this back then. I'm, I'm a little older than you, but nobody really had video cameras back then. And uh, I, um, I don't know why I did this, but the last day of high school, I took a video camera with me and I just filmed my last day walking through the hallways and all the different conversations. And I never really thought anybody was going to see it. And we have a pretty big high school. It was uh, 3,500 kids in my school. And <laughs> somehow uh, I, I shared it with a friend of mine. And long story short, it's somebody in the like reunion committee got a hold of it. And uh, they shared it with the whole school like for like the 10 and 20 year reunion. And uh, I was so embarrassed because it was like all my thoughts and all my stupid jokes and all my commentary like going through this these hallways and i look back on it now and i'm like oh cringe cringe but uh <laughs> yeah so i i'm sure that was a lot less entertaining than what, what you guys filmed i would love to get my hands on what you guys filmed oh yeah i mean every i'm sure every group of friends has got sort of artifacts like that that usually get pulled out for people's bloody weddings yeah. and you know all that <laughs> yeah, sort yeah. of stuff to embarrass people but and there is some but like i say that like rob oh god it's just so funny unbelievably funny and it just really made me you know just remember how much fun like it was what <laughs> sort of to be a part of his well he's he's comedy improv basically is what it was yeah and there were you know there were one sort of well two videos of him sat playing playing songs. Um, one of them were actually a quite serious one actually. Well, not quite a serious one, but he was sat singing "Middle of Nowhere" one of his, one of his tunes. I think it was "Middle of Nowhere," uh, but that were really cool. His voice sounded amazing. Um, and but then he just started making up this random one dressed you know quite flambo flamboyantly with a, a ran random hat and some shades, and he just made up this song and sang it and. He, just just absolutely hilarious, priceless, just beyond funny. But again, I don't know if it's just me or us that found it that funny. Um, I'll let you know when you let me see it. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, you know, certainly I'm up for showing you. Do you know what I mean? I'd have to speak to everyone else. Um, uh, but there's certainly quite a lot of stuff that... It, it really is funny. You know, there's one there's one thing that's about 10, 10 or 15 minutes long where he just does like, um, you know, uh, Rob would just effectively pretending to be a Dutch drifter. And you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so but, random. On, and exactly, <laughs> but staying in character for the whole thing, honestly, it was funny. <laughs> but also what were good as well were the footage from Japan. And it must be one of the really early trips in Japan, like yeah. or two or three must have been. Um, and, you know, the gig footage... Fuck, you know, man, like, like Rob's voice, 
honestly what kind of footage was it side stage or was it like manual camera like was it just jen or are you talking like real footage well not sort of cut and edited from one position around the sound desk i'd say most of the time the footage is from sort of around the sound desk Uh, and the sound's good you know the sound the audio is good um and some of it's sound check footage and then there's quite a lot of gig footage Oh, nice! Uh, as i was saying to the lads i uh, don't know if they remembered uh, but sort of when we early on in japan with the gigs you do you, you sort of don't do full-length sets even when you're headlining do you know what i mean you do what these call these showcase shows where it's sort of 40 minutes do you know what i mean um so that might have been what we were doing um yeah there's some great footage from uh, various gigs um you know the entire thing from like i say from the sound check perspective as well um and there's you know video of us jamming messing about Stu on drums Stu doing his queens of the stone age thing on the drums <laughs> oh, yeah. which yeah man i think i actually tweeted and i think Stu tweeted some of that as well yeah um, uh-huh. but just and it's just fascinating being zapped back into those moments especially after none of us have ever watched that footage afterwards and there were quite a good one of us going into uh, doing a signing session actually at tower records um in japan i can't remember specifically where could have been osaka or tokyo or varying places to mm-hmm. be honest we did lots of in-store signings in tower records kind of well it certainly was the uh you know, the big record store over there. And that's really funny as well, just seeing the sort of banter we had. But, I mean, Rob's right in a sense. Like, it, it was very hard to follow whatever the hell we were talking about. It was so random. <laughs> absolutely random as fuck. And then, like I say, Stu and Rob's day, absolutely amazing. And then they did like a, like a, a nature program. That was fucking hysterical. Absolutely, effectively presenting and narrating their own nature program, and there was a big, there was a big plastic shark in the in the garden by the pool at Jacobs, and you know, all of a sudden they dart out into the middle of the night with a torch and start, you know, effectively saying, "Look, we found a shark." Honestly, I was, I was absolutely crying absolutely crying but again i keep saying it but i've no idea if anyone else would find it funny but fucking <laughs> hell wait it. yeah it just it just like and, and again i keep saying this but it just reminded me how much fun we had um and now it's 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 too easy to sort of forget do you know what i mean how much fun something was at the time oh yeah um yeah you know brought that point up last week he said something to the effect of like back then you would tell me all these things that you were doing when you were touring and 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 i was Mm. like oh yeah whatever but now i look back and be like i would be like whoa that's amazing (laughs) yeah well exactly but i mean the fascinating thing is is i i wouldn't have considered even watching this footage if it wasn't for the fact that we'd all made up and you know, oh well, yeah, that probably would have been a lot yeah. harder, huh? Oh well, I mean harder, Pete. I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, no way. I, I could have watched you. that because it, you know, it just you could see. I mean, even in that, you could just see how tight we were. Do you know what mm. I mean? Even in that footage, not that I'm in it much, but it would just fascinating to see us messing about and having fun and being eighteen year olds on the start of you know something something really amazing but i I'd, i wouldn't have been there to watch that if if the, if the situation isn't what it is now um in the same well, way that i wouldn't really have been there to watch the stuff on youtube like the yeah, big day out yeah. or three video disco which were one of the first ones i watched i wouldn't have been watching any of that stuff if it were still as raw as it had been before so i mean that's the you know another great bonus is unlocking all them yeah. memories of just how much fun we used to have and like I say how much and, and how beautiful that summer was um you know the videos of us out on bikes messing about and phil actually look phil actually learned to ride a bike there um <laughs> 
he'd not actually learned to ride a bike. So Stu taught him how to ride a bike, and there's Phil riding a bike, and us taking him dangerously near traffic and things like that. Well, I'll tell you, Jen sneaking that picture of you guys watching the footage is awesome. And I saw someone on Twitter say that it should be like the cover of an album and this and that. And I thought, oh, that that is actually, uh, that, that would definitely make some good album, uh, like maybe uh, <laughs> sleeve art or something. Pretty cool. Well, I think the, the funny thing is as well is we were all in absolute hysterics, but the picture she took, we'd all look bored and miserable, <laughs> which I thought were funny. <laughs> But yeah, she uh, that I loved it too because I forgot to do it, and I I yeah. brought my camera. That's you know I brought my sort of special bloody vlogging camera thing. Um, that I was going to record it because it was you know right. a personal moment between us lot. But it would have been nice to get a photo. But so I'm pleased that Jenny got that one because it wasn't until I sort of I went on Instagram the next day and she put it up. I was like, yeah. oh nice man, I can tweet that because I, I suddenly I suddenly thought I ain't got a, I ain't got a picture of us from last yeah. night, but. Yeah. Um, a photographer's instincts, I suppose, there for marginalized. Nice. So, did it bring you back to the uh, the days of touring and uh, and what it's like to tour? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, because I, I think that was the that was the driving force behind the footage that was shot in the various places it was shot. Was I mean, there was there was some documenting. Don't get me wrong. Oh, the football match as well, man. We played a football match in Japan against various different people. That was on there. <laughs> But predominantly, it was just messing about and filling time, which, you know, I think I've talked about before. I don't know if I've talked about it on podcasts or on YouTube videos, but that, that that's most of it, being in a band, especially the touring side of it. And when it's not your turn, so to speak, in the studio, it's that side of it as well. There's a lot of a lot of waiting around and there's a lot of time to kill. Mm-hmm. And it, I suppose it was interesting when we spoke to Phil actually, when he obviously was in bands after the music and played drums and, and did tours and things and how different he found that whole experience versus how we did it. Um, but yeah, that's the majority of touring is you're either driving somewhere, flying somewhere, or you're sat in an airport waiting to fly somewhere, or you you know, day off in the middle of nowhere. And it's very easy to say, well, you know, go out and do something, you know, fair enough. And we did sometimes, but uh, you know, a lot of the time it was just about having a party, man, especially in early days. And I suppose it would maybe then when that wore off slightly, but yeah, the, 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 all, we've came up with all, all kinds of, well, I say I came up with, we didn't come up with them as themselves. It's what everyone does, but there's certainly, certainly a lot of time to kill when when you're out on the road, definitely, without a doubt. I've always been curious about that. So give me, give me a basic example of like when you guys go touring, how, how does that work? Would you check into a hotel and then you don't do anything until the next day? Or do you, how does the touring schedule in, in, at a high level, how does that break down? What do you mean in like in terms of day to day? Yeah, like I, I've I've heard you say that I've heard a lot of people say that touring can be exhausting, but then I've also heard that there's a lot of waiting before you and then you just go on the do the show. Like, but I'm curious like how that breaks down because I've traveled and I've checked into hotels. So I'm just curious like, do you guys get there the night before and don't do anything, and then the next day you have a show, or or is it something more rapid where you just like you're there, you shower, you play, and then you leave? Well, it, it like you say, it depends what you're there to do. You know what I mean? Whether it's like a, a proper tour or like a promo tour or if it's like a radio promo tour. God, they're even fucking worse. Jesus. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, like the best kind of tours we had really in terms of, I suppose the most relaxed would be sort of tours in UK and um, tours in the US as well, really. I mean, touring in Japan is amazing, but it is very non-stop. You know what I mean? Especially so in Japan, 
a lot of the time in the spare time you'd be off doing press um mm. because obviously i mean i suppose on a practical level it you know it, it takes a long time to get, get there it costs a lot of money and while you're there you need to cram as much things as you can into that time as possible so you end up with a very hectic schedule and I mean, like our first trips to Japan, which we can talk in detail about um, in in other podcasts, really, but they were intense, like really. Re- I mean, a lot of fun, don't get me wrong, mm. but absolutely intense in terms of the press schedule and then the gigs and how late they happened. And But then when you're touring in the UK and, and in the US, really, it's a bit more of a relaxed vibe because press is never that insane. You, you know, if you're in the big cities, you might have a, a couple of phone interviews or someone might come down to the venue we might do a couple of interviews but Mm -hmm. trust me that is never going to take up your time not in the same way it does in japan so you've got to have other ways of filling your time do you know what i mean and i suppose it's how you keep your your mind engaged and it's the same for anyone do you know what i mean how they how they spend the day sort of in terms of how they enjoy it but it, it does depend very much where you are and what you're doing in terms of what what you end up doing if you know what i mean mm. um and there's no there's no doubt that when you're young the, the only way to spend time is you know fucking effectively partying do you know what i mean and yeah. you talk about getting to hotels on days off and stuff like that and you know the first thing anyone did when you got to an hotel was like right check in bags in what are we doing where are we going do you know what I mean? In terms of whether or someone to get, you know, get someone to eat or whatever, and then go somewhere. Yeah. Um, that was usually the case. But again, like you can be on tours where you spend that much time. You've been out for a long time anyway. You spend that much time with each other. And then when there's like a day off, you know, everyone effectively stays in the rooms. You know what I mean? And because it's a hectic day, not mm-hmm. so much for us, but it is for the crew. Fucking is for the crew. But like, you know, we just, we just hang around on the bus. And I think that's one thing that me, um, well, so I think specifically me and Stu worked into a fine art, really, was just being quite content, sat at the back of the bus watching fucking films or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like most mm-hmm. buses had a massive like DVD, Blu-ray collection or whatever, digital bloody movie storage where you just got a vault of anything you want to watch. So we, we, we watched all kinds of stuff and that's obviously the biggest way you're going to kill time, especially when you're moving. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you And if you're doing like big long drives in America, sometimes you can do drives for like two and three days in America. Um, you know, oh, because of, you, well, exactly. Well, exactly. And you think, well, what about a plane? Well, yeah, people can get on a plane, but what about the gear? Do you know what I mean? You've got mm-hmm. a freight that, that costs, you know, ridiculous amounts of money. So yeah. And, and obviously if there's ever a choice between, well, do you want to fly or do you want to drive with the equipment? So, yeah. I'll drive with the equipment. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Everyone knows how I feel about flying. But yeah, I remember like what, which GTA were it? I mean, Grand Theft Auto were a massive one for us. Obviously when San Andreas came out, I can't remember what year that was, but me, Phil and Stu were mad into that. Absolutely (laughs) mad into it. And I remember one American tour. I think it might have been, was it our first or our second? Can't remember specifically which, but like on the days off, especially if it's like in the middle of nowhere in America, and literally, and it, you know, it's going to be an expensive taxi ride anywhere to do anything, and no one can be bothered anyway because they're tired. We'd effectively the bus had been the the 
you know, the hotel car park and us three had just head down to the bus for hours on end and just take turns on GTA, uh, San Andreas and, you know, just have a go until you died and then it would next person's go and it, we just went round like that and we could sit there all fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> Effectively, someone's skinning up while someone else is playing and someone else is watching and then, I mean, you must know what GTA is like. I don't know if you've ever played it, but especially when San Andreas came out, that was such a, that was such a groundbreaking game in terms of what you could do and we just had a right laugh on that spending fucking shit loads of time in gym getting him all built up and stuff like that <laughs> just sitting in burger joint eating loads of burgers and then blowing it up you know what GTA is like but so computer games are obviously they're going to be number one for a lot of people um, which is coincidentally actually where my love of football came from I've never really been a big f- lover of football before uh, being in the band and playing Pro Evo as it was I mean it's all about FIFA now isn't it I think but I think it were ISS back then but what turned into Pro Evolution Soccer we just used to hammer that on bus absolutely mm. hammer it and that obviously Rob loved that one as well um, and yeah we'd sort of take we'd take turns in being you know swapping teams so I'd be with Rob and then Stu would be with Phil or whatever but it, honestly absolutely loved those games hmm. uh, and you kill I mean, everyone knows fucking kill absolute hours doing that sort of stuff. But you played, you played the the football video game, and that transitioned into actually appreciating the real sport. Well, effectively, yeah, because I mean, it sounds daft, but I have no appreciation of how football works in terms of like uh, positional play and yeah. you know, sort of how. You know, I've literally never even watched it. And then the second I sort of started to understand that, I just, I don't know, I got a massive love of it. And coincidentally, it was another thing that I really latched onto when we, you know, when stopped being in a band and that just watched tons of football, like loads of it. But yeah, that were always a good laugh. Always a good laugh. And, you know, like the lads from Incubus as well, they had a massive, um, like a massive plasma screen on their bus and they'd just sit and play Halo and we'd go on their bus as well and play Halo. So, you know, it's it's always going to be a way that you, you, you kill time um, touring, without doubt, is going to be watching films and, you know, playing video games and fucking... Getting stoned and drinking. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, what the, what the yeah. fuck else are you going to do, man? Especially, like I say, some places where it's really exciting, like Japan, you just, you literally don't stop. You, and, you know, you when you eventually do fall asleep, your alarm goes off in a few hours anyway, and you've got to start the whole sort of process again. And um, it's just a, a much more manic uh, affair over there. Um well, yeah, we we had some absolutely amazing, as, as I've talked about with, you know, Patrick Matthews from the Vines. I mean, that was a fucking great tour, that. Absolutely loved that. Did you guys ever, like, um, w- w- right before a concert comes on, did you guys ever, like, I know you said you did this once in Japan, but is it is it commonplace for you to, like, peek at the audience and see what it's looking like out there? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I think, every, oh, definitely, man. I think uh, I think a lot of performers will do that. Um, I can't think of any names specifically, but... Trust me, there's lots of people who, I mean, you can either go to the side of stage and just sort of, you can usually, you feel it, man. You can hear it and you yeah. can feel it, like the vibe and the buzz. It depends on how big a venue you're playing and stuff. Or, you know, you can go out into the crowd if you can be anonymous enough and you, you really get a feeling of the vibe. But yeah, I used to do that a lot, especially, again, coincidentally, especially like, like Japan, like Fuji, like the, the times we... Like well, we headlined Fuji once, didn't we? Uh, what year was it? I can't remember. Well, we headlined a couple of stages at Fuji, but that was a t- like I always used to get down there really early and sort of be there the whole time they were even setting up, man. Do you know what I mean? So you could get a feel for the crowd and 
you know, get a feel for the vibe. But I think a lot of performers will do that. You know, I think it. I think it's quite. I think it's quite necessary to to get a feel for it. I, I, things like a swimming pool, isn't it? Really, fucking, you can dip your toe in and get a feel for it, or you just jump straight in. And I like to, in that sense, certainly get a feel for it first. I don't know why it's always been that part's always been so interesting to me. Like as a as a fan of music in general, going to a concert and trying to like peek behind stage, like especially if you get like seats around the side. For whatever reason, things that go on behind the stage to me are like more fascinating than when they're just on stage doing what you paid to see. <laughs> but just seeing things that you're not supposed to see, I guess, is just always been something that's been super interesting. I think a lot of people find that very interesting. You know, backstage, watch back, what is backstage like or what's it like on a tour bus? And it is, you know, tour bus is all blacked out and stuff you can't see in there. The first instinct is, well, what's going on on there? You know what I mean? That's always <laughs> a natural instinct. But that's the thing about there's nothing going on backstage you know what i mean a lot of the time it's just a fucking couple of shitty little rooms with a few yeah. chairs a table with some beer and some water on it most of the time that that's all it is really yeah i remember rob said that there's just like a couple of crisps and, and some some basic stuff that's it yeah yeah and it, it is difficult really to to not you know what else are you going to do do you know what i mean other than like i say yeah. fucking watch films and that and and chill out unless you unless you're going to go out and sort of appreciate where you are which is fair enough if you're in you know somewhere worth appreciating but a lot of the time you can just be in the fucking just the same shit different place effectively did you ever mess up while playing over the tours like like music like when like did you ever like oh crap i don't remember how to play this song or oh. uh, or did you guys ever get tripped up or because yeah, when I saw well, you guys I, play I thought it was like I, and I, I listened to the album well so I knew and I was studying what you guys were playing and you guys were crisp I mean it yeah. was so good so I'm just curious like have there been times when you you guys tripped up well yeah there has been a few and it was always my biggest fear effectively <laughs> it's like and not just us messing up but like technical issues always my biggest fear and I, I, it's stupid really I, you know i'm sure now it's just like you know shit happens but i used to fucking lose my shit man but yeah like you say we were tight we were really 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 tight so we didn't it's not like we tripped up on the songs much do you know what i mean i don't think i think all of us knew everything absolutely instinctively almost like a uh, like a motor skill uh, but there, there were a few times like usually monitor issues that really messed things up and there were a time we were playing i think it were exit exeter in the uk and uh, we were playing long road and i started and phil came in completely out of time and you know it, that was a fucking nightmare because i just used to get really embarrassed me when stuff went wrong i don't really know why um like, well, I guess, you know, when you're on stage and there's a spotlight on you effectively. Sure. But yeah, I used to get really, I used to get really embarrassed in those moments and sort of not really know what to do when you had something like that happen. Um, but yeah, you, you do get used to stuff like that. And then you've got the the completely unpredictable stuff like people jumping on drum kits or throwing <laughs> yeah. a jar of jam at your throat or, yeah. um, you know, ver various other things that are just completely out of your control. But no, I, you know, I, uh, and there was a time, I think I've said before, when we were playing Getaway in Japan, uh, another big festival. It won't Fuji and it won't Summer Sonic. I can't remember which one it was. But anyway, I was started playing Getaway and went to the sort of really, you know, where the guitar kicks in and the guitar was completely in wrong tuning. So that sounded absolutely ridiculous. Ah. And well, exactly. And then, you know, you've built up this fucking great emotion at the start of this song and then literally just, 
Like, I had to stop and go, oh, sorry, just let me tune down and right, start again. Did you do yeah. that? Oh, no, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, fucking hell, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of people there as well. Do you know what I mean? It were yeah. a, it were a big festival. There must have been sort of 30,000 or around that. And yeah, you could have heard a fucking pin drop when, when effectively <laughs> I went, oh, no, stop, stop, stop. And then I would literally, with 30,000 people sort of in crowd, and that's the thing about the Japanese audiences, they go nuts when you're playing, and then when you stop, they're, they're silent and really respectful, <laughs> yeah. and you can literally hear a pin drop, and it's just me going, oh, sorry, fuck that up, sorry. Start again, I just need to tune, tune it down. <laughs> and honestly but i mean to be fair i took that moment well to be honest as that you know there have been times where that had just been like oh my god um yeah because I, you know i've never felt i've never felt what you would call comfortable on stage mm. not once do you know what i mean and like not even as long as i can hear everything and i'm playing well i'm happier but i'm never like oh yeah man I, you know i'm really enjoying sort of don't get me wrong i love playing but i'm never comfortable in myself on the stage if mm. you know what i mean so when stuff goes wrong it's and I, i'm just a perfectionist I've, I've always just been a perfectionist and like i know how amazing we are live so it just you know mm-hmm. it just it just used to drive me crazy if something happened which made us look not as good as we are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like like a technical hitch. Um, I mean, but then you've got them amazing moments like, and there is footage of this on Twitter and I can't remember who put the footage up right now. Um, but there's footage from the rocket where um, there was a power cut. I don't think it was the time that the beer went on the desk. I think that was Hull. But for some reason, there was a power cut anyway at the rocket and it was on, it was just while we were playing Truth Is No Word. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, man. And I think it sort of cut out just before we were going into the drop bit. I can't remember anyway, but we effectively, it, and it's the most natural moment, you know what I mean? It's fucking brilliant. Uh, the crowd just started singing it. So we effectively just, um, yeah, Phil like, carried on playing drum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just went through that moment. And, that, you know, in moments like that, you get these um, absolute, well, you know, the spine tingling moments where something like that just goes right and everyone sort of in on the same thing. So if it didn't come back on, were you guys just going to keep singing that part? Well, that's, I guess that's the, that's the other side of the coin, isn't it? Is what could have happened in like, yeah. you know, like what the fuck, do you know what I mean? Luckily, the power came back on just as we were supposed to kick in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but otherwise, there'd have been this massive build-up with everyone starting really softly and then building up to to where it kicks in, and no, you know, fuck all would have happened. So, you know, as a tribute to that, when you guys do Temple Newsom, you should cut the lights out like at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was not a bad idea, actually. But I, I don't know. I think everyone would have to be in on the joke. Well, unless you st- unless you do set it. Oh, up, there's going to be several inside jokes. I'm sure there'll be a few gaffer beards at the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that'd fucking make my day. If I see anyone in gaffer beard, although I'd like to still take it off because that's painful. I want to be the one song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wear it for human. Oh, fucking human, man. Turn out the light. Oh, turn out the light. I don't think you were gaffered up on human, though. Turn out the light. <laughs> but yeah, you have to come up with ways and means of killing time. And another good one we used to have was well, a couple of good ones. I mean, keepy uppies. We killed fucking days with keepy uppies. And the beauty of getting bigger as well was the fact that we could actually play keepy uppies inside because we were playing these big venues. So, yeah. you, you know, we, we kick a football around in there. So on days where, you know, not much to do, you just fucking kick a football around all day. So yeah, as well as football and keepy uppies, um, we got mad into frisbee on when we were in America on Lollapalooza tour. Um, I think we I can't remember how it happened. I'm pretty sure 
Because like a Lollapalooza, because it's such a big festival and there's mm-hmm. so many different bands and crew and everything. There's all kind of buses in, in the in you know where all the buses are parked and that. Yeah. Um. So there's generally a load of people around there around loading out time. And I think they just like, a game of frisbee started. This guy had like a, a glow in the dark, like a frisbee with lights on it, effectively. And they were getting into dusk, and this massive sort of frisbee game broke out with loads of people involved. Ultimate in frisbee it. or regular frisbee? What do you mean? Because like ultimate frisbee is when you play almost like a, it's like a you score like there's teams that are playing. Oh right, no, there were just a load of really pissed, really high people <laughs> just fucking lobbing this. Um, okay, okay. This frisbee around and trying trying to do the most sort of uh, spectacular catches ah, and it, stuff like it. that. And oh, it were incredibly high energy. Yeah, it was fucking right. Laugh. Made some good friends on that on that on that fucking game of frisbee as well. <laughs> Will you be playing frisbee or or uh, keepy uppies before Temple Newsom this time? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be a lot of keepy uppies. I don't know about frisbee. I think that just was something that happened on that American tour. But mm-hmm. I held a lot of fondness for. Um, we had some good. It were a good laugh. I don't know. I've always fucking enjoyed frisbee. I like throwing and catching things. What can I say? I'm simple to please. Well, and you're that super sense. tall, so you probably were pretty good at it. <laughs> Oh, it's fucking I'm awesome at Frisbee. It's not fun. <laughs> oh, man, awesome at Frisbee. I'm like a fucking cat. Honestly, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just, yeah, oh, like that on tour is good. You know, oh, that fucking gets rid of some energy, like a, a three-hour game of keepy uppies. And, you know, even Stu, not really into football, but really got into keepy uppies and got really good at it. You know, we, we played that much. We got to the stage where you can fucking, you know, it one dropping ball that much. We were keeping it under control, man. But that, that's how much time you have to fucking kill. Um Oh, well, I mean, we'll have to get Stu back on to talk about his favourite game and pastime, which were fucking extreme hot potato in the back in the back lounge of the bus, which was just the most mental thing you've ever seen in your life. And the first time we played that, fucking hell. I, I, I was in tears again. It was so funny. And now the, the aim of this game, basically, I don't have I've told you about extreme hot potato. Mm-mm. Basically, uh, everyone gets in back lounge is like 10 a year, and obviously everyone's hammered. It's after gig. And we even, I think we brought some lights in. We actually brought some stage lights of some description into 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 back lounge and, and rigged them up. And then Phil put some really hardcore jungle music on. And then basically we made a ball. At, I can't remember what it was, basically. But I think it was fucking gaffer tape, wasn't it? I can't remember. But we just effectively made a, a fucking ball and it just got launched round in back lounge while you've got strobes going off and fucking drum and bass and there's 10 people trying to fucking get this absolute fucking carnage and again <laughs> ridiculously childish but you know it's in those incidents where people get punched in face <laughs> not, <laughs> not intentionally at all just as arms flying everywhere do you know oh, what I mean of course and the strobe lights going and music's so loud you can't hear yourself fucking think and yeah, that were always some of the stew we're wanting to get going were extreme hot potato, but it were a fucking laugh, to be honest. But I don't That's probably all a bit too old for that sort of thing now. <laughs> yeah, I don't want any part of it myself. <laughs> I watch from I watch from afar. It's certainly a high risk game. It's certainly a high risk game when you can come out you can come out injured, but you know what I mean? That's that's you know, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I know I'm getting older, man. I went to I went to Nashville this weekend. We were we were finishing a trip, a long trip, and uh, the back end of it, we we're like, oh, let's let's head through Nashville for the weekend. And uh, interesting town, very much very much a party town. But mm. my goodness, the kids were out in full force, <laughs> and I was like, wow, am I that much older now? Because I didn't want any part of it. They were so loud. And, like I was downstairs getting a cup of coffee, and it was like nine o'clock in the morning, and these two dudes came out with their cowboy boots on and their flannel shirts, and they were like, we got to find a beer. We got to get a beer. <laughs> Like it's nine o'clock, <laughs> but whatever. That's beer. Sounds like it's beer o'clock. 
Oh man! Yeah, another thing that happened while I was gone this week was it was the uh, it was the date of the Temple Newsom gig that just came and went, and I was like, oh man, this would have been when we were watching the uh, show. You were saying something about the weather in advance. So what was the weather that day <laughs> like in Leeds? Uh, irritatingly enough, it was perfect. Oh, was it? <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't like really hot and sunny, but it was not raining. Uh, it looked like it might, but it wasn't, and it didn't. Okay. And it was it was perfectly still. That was the main thing that pissed me off. Because I was just like, oh man, this fucking... You know, when you're doing an outdoor gig, um, wind, it's the wind that kills it. Mm-hmm. It, it. You know, that is the only enemy really, is the fact that the wind blows the sound away. And obviously mm. if there's no wind, then it's going to sound absolutely perfect. You know what I mean? If you try and play a gig and when it's blowing a fucking gale, it's, it's going to be dreadful. It really is. You know what I, I mean? Still, oh yeah, there's still, there's still bloody people trying to work out ways to get around that and they have made advances with line array systems and other things but wind just it literally blows the sound away wow so you, you know it can turn what would be a brilliant experience into a very frustrating one but that is the nature of playing outside um but yeah it, it was a really nice evening unfortunately i was hoping it would piss it down so it didn't um <laughs> oh, do you know what i mean i, I was, but i tell you what it was it was it was interesting actually um and again, I don't really want to divulge too much of private conversations that we had the other night, but when we were around watching those videos, when that picture was taken from, it was interesting how there was there was a consensus between us all of, I'm kind of glad, you know, kind of glad he wasn't the king the other day because, <laughs> you know what I mean, not... I mean, you know, I know we're not ready in terms of um, playing, but do you know what I mean? It, it's, it is daunting. It is a daunting thing, uh, especially when... You know, we've been out of the bloody game for so long. Yeah. I think that's some. I think that's something that people don't quite realise. Um, and I do notice it on Twitter in some people's replies to things. I mean, it's interesting, really, because I don't see us as. Oh, I suppose this is hard to explain, but uh, I, I don't think some people fully appreciate kind of the the context of which this is all happening in, do you know what I mean? The reunion. And I just think they think, all oh, right, there's another band who've reformed, right? They're going to be touring. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think people really get the the vibe of it's just, a, you know, it's about this reunion show and it, it mm-hmm. does feel like a big deal to us. And, you know, we've, we've all said that it, it doesn't mean that we're never ever going to play a show together ever again, but certainly the plan right now is just this, this one show. Yeah. And it's, it is still a, there is still a daunting element to it. You know what I mean? But it, it was, it was great to be back together with everyone because the other times we've been back together recently has just been in the studio playing, which is mm-hmm. obviously fucking brilliant. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know, just being, at, you know, Jenny and Phil's house and spending time with Jenny as well, who always used to be with us. It was just like a gang of mates being back together. Um, but yeah, there was a, there was sort of a general feeling of, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world that the gig got put to where it was. You know what I mean? And, and didn't actually yeah. happen. I, I'm sure right. if it if it wasn't cancelled, you guys would have done a lot more practicing, and you would have been oh, there. Oh, uh, we'd have been, and ready. been ready for sure. But oh, don't get me the wrong. The amount of effort to be ready is not lost on me because I thought about it. I was like, you know, normally when you're touring, you know, like yeah. when I saw you in Florida, you had already been touring, so that day you guys just plugged in and played because yeah. you were ready, you had everything, and it was just like, oh yeah, we're doing this again, and we'll do it again yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> but what you guys are doing now, the level of effort in order to do that same thing that I saw years ago is, <laughs> is yeah, yeah. much more. So yeah, that's definitely not oh. lost on me. No, there's a, like you say, a great deal of effort. And don't get me wrong, 
there there is the argument. I'm sure I'm sure from the outside, people are like, look, you know, why would you go to all that effort to get back to gig fitness, gig, mm. you know, gig standard, so to speak, and then just do one show? That's something that's not lost on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I'm that's not lost on me, but mm-hmm. oh, don't get me wrong, that's not some sort of secret code. It's not, you know, I'm, honestly, it's you know, it, that's just is the case. We are, do, it, it's about this one reunion show, and yeah, I, I do think there are some people who kind of assume it's going to turn into a tour. I don't really know, but like, like I spoke about in the previous episode, I think it's kind of uh, well, until I, I think it was Phil who pointed out on the chat that it was actually, you know, it's the gig tonight. And that's what made me think, oh, you know, I'll put a little bit of one of the rehearsals out. And I found that little snippet mm. of human, didn't I? And mm. I put that out, which people really enjoyed. But yeah, other than that, I mean, I don't, I've not been thinking about it too much. You know what I mean? I've been, I've been very much focused on um, writing this record uh, and, and concentrating on that, which I'll obviously talk about a fucking lot more <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the very near future. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But yeah, so that, I suppose it's, well, it's, it's about a year away now. It's just over, well, it's two days. What is it? It's 1st of June today, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. So yeah, it's a, a year tomorrow. The countdown begins. Yeah, the countdown does begin. And it, it still don't feel real. It, and it's weird, even though we've had a couple of rehearsals, it still don't feel real. I wonder when it actually will start to feel real. I wonder if it'll take mm. right up until the sound check. And <laughs> actually, you know, I don't know. It, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to find out. Um, but yeah, we will be having some more rehearsals soon, which, which obviously I would document in some way. Um, but yeah, that'll do for this episode. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening as usual and listen out for more episodes with Dagon because they're going to be a riot, obviously. So yeah, thanks very much for listening. <laughs>